Welcome to the Energetic Tarot Podcast, a podcast that helps you connect with the energy of the cards, read more intuitively, and create a more connected practice overall. I'm your host, Kat Crawford, a UK-based energetic tarot reader and tutor, helping you read more objectively for yourself and use your cards for ultimate self-care. Welcome, my love. How are things? Let's start with some updates from my side. First off, I, if you didn't hear in the last episode, I mentioned my new Tarot for Limiting Beliefs uh, workshop, which is a self-led workshop, 90 minutes long. And essentially, I take you through and I teach you how to use tarot or oracle cards to identify your limiting beliefs or the things that are blocking you and also create a very actionable plan to help you overcome them and and kind of tackle them as well. So you can find that on the shop on energetictarot.co.uk. What else do I have to update you on? I think that's pretty much it. I just wanted to get that out of the way. So let's get into this week's episode. And it is, I suppose, a controversial topic in the realm of tarot reading. It is essentially based on my distaste for doing love readings for people. But I wanted to fully explain why love readings are more complex than any other types of readings, because I think it's important that we are aware of the barriers that stand in the way of tapping into an unbiased perspective when dealing with the subject of love. And to help us do this, we have the Five of Swords and the Six of Cups. So we're going to be using those two cards just to kind of broach the subject. I have been very careful not to just create an episode where I'm like, I love, I hate, love tarot readings and a waffle, blah, blah, blah. But my aim for this episode is just to make you guys more aware of the complexities of a love reading, whether it be you asking a a tarot reader for a love reading or doing a love reading for yourself. I just want to be able to give you all of the information and the tools and the knowledge you need to be able to fully process what a love reading means and how to deal with the mix of emotions and thoughts that kind of come with that. So it is a very sensitive topic. When I first started out, it was one of the the only things that people would come to me for, like come to me for love readings. Um, and it was a journey to fully understand why specifically I didn't enjoy doing them but in this podcast episode I really want to break that down a lot more and investigate it and try and make it more positive um, than maybe I would usually. (laughs) So we're going to grab the five of swords and the six of cups and yeah let's see how they can help us better understand love readings and how we can 
give ourselves healthy and balanced love readings with our tarot and oracle cards. So as I said in the intro, we will be working with the Five of Swords and the Six of Cups in today's episode. So I chose these two cards to help us with this very tricky topic because I feel like together they most accurately illustrate the complexities of the topic of love and our personal relationship with it. So first up we have the Five of Swords. This card represents the conflict and tension we tend to feel when dealing with difficult emotions. So our minds might be saying one thing, but our behaviour or emotions are acting in a complete opposite way, the complete opposite direction. So there's an element of betrayal that comes with the Five of Swords and that can be a difficult thing to deal with when it comes to romantic relationships. We can love someone and hate who they are at the same time. So there's always this push and pull between the head and the heart. I chose the Five of Swords specifically because I thought it best represented my own internal battles when I have romantic feelings for someone so I just assumed if it represented how I felt then it would most likely represent how other people felt as well. There's also an energy of surrender to it when the pull one way is too much. It could sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes be beneficial to just surrender to it and see where it takes you. Where the Six of Cups comes into it, it kind of comes in to offer a much softer, less conflicting energy. It is more supportive and more compassionate and also gives us an opening to talk to the inner child that could be fighting to get out or, or crying out for some sort of parenting. So the Six of Cups represents our most basic need for relationships, whether it be platonic or romantic. Humans need connection with other humans in order to be healthy and happy. And we've talked about this in a past episode um, where we kind of approach the the need to be needed um, and the hierarchy of needs and, and the the need of love and belonging in order to keep us happy, healthy humans. So even the most introverted of us need a handful of close relationships just to keep us sane. So the Six of Cups and the Five of Swords together offer us balance. They are energies that are very different from each other and yet are somehow a part of the same whole. It is the ultimate battle of head and heart, exactly what happens when we tend to find ourselves in that space of romantic love and having to deal with any challenges or problems or conf conflictions, is that a word? Conflictions. 
that may come up because of complex or complicated emotion. So why is the topic of love so controversial? I learned very early on in my tarot reading career that love readings were not for me. I felt like I had too much control over someone else's already very fragile, um, sensitive well-being. It made me think of the beginning scene of practical magic, I think it is, of course, where the there's the woman that visits the aunt's house to do a spell to make her lover like crazy in love with her so that he'll leave his wife for her. You end up attracting people who are in a state where they are completely controlled by emotion with no or at least very little conscious logic to ground them. They are well and truly drowning in that kind of watery, emotion-centred energy. Not to say that all love readings are this intense. It's perfectly possible to have a love reading that is very grounded. For example, if someone wants to know how to be a better partner or they want to know how they can move on from a breakup, a love reading should first and foremost be grounded in the inner space. So you need to be focusing on your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own behaviours. I find that trying to work out how others are thinking or feeling is a waste of our own energy and also puts our power into the hands of somebody else. So when you're doing a reading for others, the biggest issue I came up against was that clients were coming to me for love readings and they already had an idea or they had subconsciously decided what they wanted to hear. And that is to justify what they desired or even to support the delusion that they had created for themselves. And delusion sounds like a very harsh word, but it's such a normal part of like being a human to be delusional. It's kind of got a bad rep towards the word, but so many of us disappear into our own delusions like throughout the day and don't think anything of it. And it's so easy to do when emotion is, you know, driving the train, essentially. Um, So don't be scared of the word delusion and it's not like a sly slander of anyone or anything like that. So essentially, no matter what the cards or the interpreter or the reader will tell those people, it won't fit into the box that they've already created in order to put it in. So it is a bit like talking on deaf ears. Matters of the heart are some of the most complex issues to handle. And there is often a lot more going on under the surface that you don't see. It's like an iceberg of psychological entanglement. This is also something you need to keep in mind when doing readings for yourself. So we'll go into how to do love readings on yourself a little bit later on because I don't think we should just avoid them completely. I mean, being in love or having unrequited love or going through breakups and all of that is such a normal part of 
being alive that I don't think we should avoid it but I think we definitely need to be more mindful of it and understand that it is not it's not the same as doing like a career reading or doing a general reading there is a lot more at play with love readings so I will chat a little bit about the best way to to do a love reading on yourself for now think about all the different elements that might come into play when approaching the subject of romantic love so things like self-esteem childhood trauma self-confidence body image you can have somebody who is infatuated with someone and it can it cannot be about that person that they're infatuated with if someone is infatuated with someone there are chances that it is something to do with their own needs their own shadow self they are lacking in something that they didn't get when they should have got it so in childhood for example and there's some reason why they willingly disappear into this world where that person over there is their soulmate that person, even though they've not shown, that that other person hasn't shown any interest, hasn't shown them any reason or given them any reason to think that way, if the paradigm that they've created for themselves, if the view of the world that they've created themselves is saying that that person is meant to be in their life, it is very hard to convince them otherwise. Hello my love, this is just a quick reminder that if you do want to learn more about energetic tarot, you want to learn more about using your cards practically and maybe not just tarot, maybe oracle cards as well, make sure that you check out the shop on energetictarot.co.uk. There are many different workshops, ebooks, courses that you can take and dive into to help you build your tarot practice, to help you build your energetic and intuitive tarot practice, including things like my Tarot for Reconnection workshop, which focuses on using tarot or oracle cards to really connect you with your authentic self, or my Limiting Belief Tarot workshop, which is all about using tarot or oracle cards to identify and start working through those limiting beliefs. You can also head over to the blog and the freebies section to grab some freebies, again, all about using tarot in a very energetic and intuitive way. So if you do want more from energetictarot.co.uk, make sure you go to the shop and enjoy. So the best way to sit down and do your love readings is to get in the headspace of objectivity. Objectivity is essential when it comes to love readings. We need to embody the, I suppose, the energy of the justice card, even though we're not talking about justice in this episode. That idea of applying logic and reason to matters of the heart and being able to weigh up both objectively and and in a balanced and healthy way. So I find a great way to prep for these types of readings is 
to pre-plan some questions to ask yourself to help anchor you in logic and keep you grounded. So some good examples are uh, asking questions like, is this feeling also present in another area of my life? And if so, where and why? Another one might be, what are my factual reasons for thinking this way? So what are, what, what's my evidence that I have? So for example, if you are convinced that some guy that you went on a date with once is the love of your life, but they haven't messaged you or they haven't made any effort to keep in contact with you in any way, where are you getting this evidence from that this person is your soulmate? And if you can't find any evidence, why is it that you think that way? And really diving into what is it, what do you know about this feeling? How aware are you of of where this feeling comes from? Another one is, am I focusing on what is in my power to control or am I trying to control someone else? In the very early days of me offering readings, I did... Well, I received, I don't, I don't think I did hardly any of them really. I received a lot of people who wanted to know what somebody else was feeling or wanted to know what somebody else was going to do next. And when you focus on that, you give that person complete control over how you feel because you are essentially saying how I feel about myself, how I feel about this situation is completely dependent on what that person is thinking and feeling, what that person is doing. And that's a very dangerous mindset to be in. So we really want to pay attention and be mindful of, you know, am I focusing on what I can control or am I trying to focus on what somebody else is doing and how that will affect me. Another question that I find is helpful to ask is what other feelings are involved in this current feeling? So for example, it may be infatuation, it may be panic, it may be obsession, it may be a need for acceptance. So on the surface, you may be like, this person is the person I am meant to be with forever and ever and ever and ever. And okay, fine that's how you feel but dig deeper into that like break it down what is that feeling made up of and have a look at all the different pieces that have gone into that and then the last question that uh, I always recommend asking is what sources am I using to validate my feelings and are they credible so a bit like the evidence question you know having a look at where you are getting your information from that is fueling how you feel or is fueling how you see someone or what you believe in. So really digging down and seeing where is this coming from? Where am I getting uh, these feelings from? How, how am I validating these feelings? What things am I saying to myself in order to validate them? And are they credible? Are they things that I have made up purely to support this idea or are they things that are really rooted and grounded in fact and and in reality so what we don't want to do is completely discount how we feel because our emotions are valid so remember the six of cups energy of 
compassion. We want to feel seen and heard. But what we don't want is for that more irrational energy to completely take over. So in this respect, we also embody the energy of the lovers in a lot of ways. So we are creating a space for both sides of ourselves to come together and openly communicate. So both the divine feminine and the divine masculine. So the the emotional and kind of creative divine feminine energies teaming that with the very logical and analytical divine masculine energies and how can we make those two work together for a better outcome. So if we think about things in terms of elemental energies, visualize being at a beach on a windy day, standing near the shoreline, just chilling out, watching the sea. Remember when you were a kid and you would create like a little river from the ocean onto the beach. You kind of create that little gully and you'd watch as the seawater kind of went into your your little lake that you've created. We're doing the same with our love readings. We need to create a more structured funnel to direct all that wild, chaotic water energy into something that is more manageable, more grounded, more controlled, and easier to unpick and analyze and be able to understand and investigate um, what is really happening underneath the surface. So how do the Five of Swords and Six of Cups help us with the problem of love readings? So we can use the energy of the Five of Swords to find a compromise between the head and the heart. So we can make the heart feel validated and heard while also applying logic and intellect to stay present and stay grounded in reality. So the Five of Swords asks us to be open and receive what is presented to us. So even if that's what we want the outcome to be, or even if it's what we don't want the outcome to be. So it can be somewhat of a stern energy that kind of says, look, this is how things are. These are the facts. Now, what do you want to do with them? It's a bit like a friend that is always very blunt and honest with you. So the Five of Swords wants you to move forward. It's not against you or there to kind of attack you or say your feelings are just crazy obsessions or belittle how you feel. It wants you to figure out why you feel that way why you behave the way that you do and create a healthy path forwards. In a love reading, the five of swords can offer a lot of structure and context. So something that is often missing when we come up against the cups cards are all that kind of wild, watery, uh, elemental energy. The structure is the context of it. So we need this air energy of the swords to be able to make sense of things and be able to rise above that emotion so that we can have that objective view of it. The six of cups is there to hear and receive your feelings and emotions. The six of cups is often linked with things like innocence and inner child and naivety. So it often requests that we 
approach our, our more sensitive side in the same way we would a child. So we need to use that context of the Five of Swords, but inject some of the energy of the more compassionate, watery cups uh, cards as well. So it doesn't feel like an attack. And instead, it ends up feeling more of a, more like a gentle helping hand to get back on track and figure things out and ground yourself in, in something that is more realistic or is more factual, more fact-based. There are a lot of things happening when we talk about romantic love. We're dealing with commitment. So for example, belonging to someone or forming a group which satisfies our need for stability and safety. We also have psychological needs for intimate relationships, esteem needs of feeling like we're desirable and self-fulfillment and drawing value from our relationships with others. There's a huge melting pot that we have to deal with. So for example, when it comes to moving on after a breakup, we're having to heal all of those human needs. Or if we are dealing with unrequited love, we again are dealing with all those basic human needs and understanding the relationship between them and how we are feeling. So what we need is to understand what feelings are linked to what part of our psychology. So if we feel rejected or spurned by someone we have romantic feelings for, we need to be able to understand why those feelings occur within that situation. That's why asking questions like, where have I felt this feeling before comes in handy. Before we jump into our little exercise, I want to just point out a few things that I have learned from previously taking on love tarot readings. And these are just a couple of my experiences with dealing with clients who have come to me for love readings. So the first point is people in healthy and stable relationships don't seek out external validation from tarot. Only those that are having issues or are already unhappy in their relationships will reach out to someone to help them. It's most likely that these people already know what they need to do, but they seek external advice to kind of give them permission to do it. So if you are in a healthy and happy and stable relationship, you wouldn't feel the need to ask a tarot deck, you know, how how do I get this person to pay more attention to me? How do I get this person to text me back? Like you, you wouldn't do it because you already have that stability there. So even just knowing that, can help you to investigate those feelings when they do come up and be able to take that more objective position when looking at them. Another thing that I've learned is many love readings are requested by those that have had a taste of romance only to have it taken away from them suddenly. So for example, through ghosting or the breakdown of a short-term relationship or short-term dating, in these cases, the actual love part is not the issue. It is usually a much deeper 
more basic human need that is not being fulfilled, that was temporarily being taken care of by that short-term relationship or that kind of brief dalliance with romance. So there is something that is underlying or a, a bit like a she- what is it? Is it a wolf in sheep's clothing? That kind of thing. Where on the surface it may look like something, but actually underneath when you dig into it, it's completely unrelated to to romance or, or to a relationship. And then the final point that I learned in my love reading era, many will approach a love reading with a desire or fantasy they want to be made a reality. This leaves very little room for self-reflection and awareness. It is almost impossible to find a solution if there is no space to work them out. We need to be able to create some wiggle room within these restricted situations in order to make progress. So these clients would come to me and they would already know what they wanted me to say to them. They would want me to validate their ideas and validate their feelings and they wouldn't have any room for self-reflection and focusing on the self and understanding their own emotions and being able to kind of take accountability for how they feel. They would project that onto someone else. So like I was saying before, projecting onto someone else and being like, well, the reason that I'm unhappy is because that person isn't doing what I want them to do. And so when you do a love reading, again, that's something you really need to be aware of is that you're not projecting onto other people and you are taking accountability for yourself and understanding your own thoughts and your own feelings. So take that information and make your own conclusions (laughs) because I in no way want to kind of put all love readings into one tiny box because like I've said they are the most complex readings to do. Everyone is different and has different experiences and and different pasts and you know different relationships and all of that. So I only encourage you to make sure that you create space for wider exploration when doing love readings for yourself or if you do read for other people making sure that you're kind of relaying that information to others and making them aware of the complexities of of love readings. Okie dokie, so dipping back in with the Five of Swords and Six of Cups, I have a little exercise for you. So usually I do journal prompts, but this is like a complete exercise with steps and everything. So this exercise is for those of you that want to do a love reading for yourself, but you want to do it in that very healthy and positive way. So there are three steps in total. Um, And yeah, let's get going. So step one is first we need to create some space for exploration. So we can do this by pre-planning some questions to ask yourself. Think about those examples I gave earlier. So where have I felt this before, for example? And come up with around 10 questions you could ask yourself to better understand your feelings. And I like to go with the where, when, how triad of question starters. Um, It's just always helpful to use those as 
a jumping off point because otherwise you're like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to ask myself. So using those three kind of question starters can really help you get those 10 questions together for yourself. Then step two is to think about how you feel right now and make a bullet point list of everything you're feeling. So try and be specific as possible. And this is used to really ground you in in the present moment and make you just tap into what you're feeling and, and better understand what's kind of going on right now. And then step three is to do your reading. So for this practice, you can do a simple past, present and future reading. You don't have to get fancy with it, just three cards. Or if you have a spread you like to use for love readings or whatever, then go ahead and use that. I was going to create a love reading spread for you, but I wanted to leave it more open so you have that space to kind of focus on exactly what you need as an individual. So feel free to use whatever you feel the need to use. Make sure to keep referring to those questions that you've written down to keep you anchored and moving in the right direction and asking all the right questions. Also pay attention to where the feelings from your bullet point list appear in your reading. So where can you see these feelings that you're currently feeling reflected back to you in the cards that you've pulled? Again, refer back to your questions and really start to break those down and and investigate them a little bit more. For love readings, I find journaling especially important because it offers another way to anchor yourself in your emotions. So you have the space to really work things out and seeing things written down can instantly help us apply more of that kind of air energy, that sword energy to the situation. So that is it for this episode. I do you know what? I would actually really enjoy hearing your feedback about what you think of doing love tarot readings because I know of people who will only do love tarot readings for people and I know people who won't touch it with a barge pole, aka moi. <laughs> so I am interested to know if you guys would either do a love reading for yourself or if you would go to someone for a love reading. It's a very complex and, yeah, often controversial topic for tarot readers. So let me know. You can DM me. I'm on Instagram at the energetic tarot, or you can email me at uh, cat at energetictarot.co.uk. And yeah, that's it. I will speak to you very soon. I hope you all have a lovely week and goodbye.